Oh, hi, podcast listeners. There's many ways you can listen to The Real Nerds Podcast. You can subscribe on iTunes. You can also subscribe on Stitcher Radio. You want to send us a Twitter message? You can do that. It's so easy, at Real Nerds. Like us on Facebook, Real Nerds Podcast. You can visit our website, realnerdspodcast.com, where there will be a lot of articles for you to not only read, but to listen to our previous shows. Do you like your stories told through pictures? Then you can also follow us at Real Nerds on Instagram. You can also call us, 720-6Nerds5. Thanks for listening, and enjoy the show. Camera, action! Well, a real nerd knows who shot, and a real nerd can follow the plot, and a real nerd can... Doesn't talk film! I'm sorry. Take it outside. This is Real Nerds Podcast, and we are the best movie podcast that will be, hopefully, at Denver Fan Expo this June 30th through July 2nd, talking about movies and representing blockbuster video i'm ryan and sitting in with me is brad hey every week we see a new movie and we podcast our experience to the world this week we saw infinity pool stay tuned because we will tell you if we recommend the film or not play the trailer and then spoil the movie and then um because this is my show brad and i do whatever i want and you can't stop me because it's my show you know how that goes um you know usually uh we used to have a structure but uh for over a year now uh, i changed the structure so i do whatever i want and i thought it'd be fun to delve into the new dc dc universe which they're calling chapter one gods and monsters so um there's a lot going on there and i thought it'd be fun to kind of check out their film and television slate and uh, before we review the movie, what's up? Before we we review the movie, ah, uh, no, no, okay. I'm not going to change. I'm not going to change that. Oh, okay. I'm just saying, I'm I'm ditching the other, uh, what do you call it, segments in favor yeah. of that. Okay. I mean, I don't think we had any other ones, any other segments other than news and what we've been watching. But yeah, it, it's your show. You you do whatever you want. I can't exactly. I can't stop you. I mean, I could press the button just to end this right now. But yeah, you can do whatever you want. <laughs> But if you do that, then you're something gets it. I don't know what. <laughs> I'll just post Megan or Otto finally. <laughs> <laughs> we don't even need an episode this week. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you're already like three weeks behind. So, hey, part of that is James's fault. <laughs> <laughs> I was okay, ready so, to go. And he, uh, he, so, he had a hard time getting that uh, audio file to me. So. I finally put out the film explosion and I didn't want to just overwrite it immediately with the two episodes we didn't put out already. So All right, cool. I just couldn't, I don't even remember what movies we've reviewed since then. <laughs> Everything's been all messed up. <laughs> I think it's just um, those two. I think it's just Megan and Otto. Yep. Cool. Anything else going on this week, Brad? Oh, I, I, yeah, probably. How about you? <laughs> <laughs> no 
I've been working so much that it's just like I have nothing like cool to say. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Nothing cool is going on. I just work all the time, and then I come home and watch movies. Or uh, I've been playing uh, Midnight Suns a lot, the uh, Marvel role playing game that came out on PlayStation in December. I've never even heard of that. It's pretty fun. It's like um like Final Fantasy but for Marvel. Uh yeah, in a way it's uh so it takes a lot of more of the um like demon kind of part of the Marvel universe. People like Blade and um magic. So like darker uh characters, Ghost Rider but they're also sprinkled in Spider-Man's in it, uh, Doctor, I said Doctor Strange, uh, Iron Man. Um, and so it's kind of fun. It's like a melding of the Avengers and then the Midnight Suns. And you take the role of someone called the Hunter. And you are trying to stop Lilith, the mother of all demons, from taking over the world. Um, and it's a cool kind of premise it's turn-based but you you have three turns and it's also a card game so you're dealt cards every turn and some cards are attack some are skills and some are they're called heroic and they're you know super powerful moves um so it's it's really fun and there's lots of strategy because you can move your guys around and use the environment to help you um damage people the story is really good um it has a lot of fetch quests that remind me of just i can't think of the game but there's maybe do you you ever play knights of the old republic no something like that where it's not really integral for you to do it but there's a lot of hey we're throwing a surprise party which seems really weird for superheroes to do but you know whatever um but it's fun, and it's interesting how much the the Marvel Cinematic Universe has influenced uh, everything that Marvel does now. The guy they have voicing Tony Stark is doing a Robert Downey Jr. impression, so it's um, interesting. <laughs> you know, just just not as good, and the timing's not as good <laughs> as Robert Downey Jr., you know? Mm-hmm. But it's still fun, and it's fun to fuck around in. And but yeah, that's all I've been doing. Nothing that exciting. Yeah, it's just day after day work, come home, veg on some thing I'm watching, which happens to be Saturday Night Live, and then, yeah, wake <laughs> up, go back out again. Uh, speaking of which, I mean, uh, some inside baseball. We're recording two weeks' worth of stuff this week. Um, that Mario Kart thing, I could not stop laughing when, <laughs> um, when, he, when Mario says, Toad, dodge. He says, I can't. It's a red shell. And he just <laughs> puts his arms up. <laughs> it's so fucking funny. The guy who plays um, Toad, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, even, uh, Pedro Pascal, where he goes, It's a me, Mario. <laughs> uh, so good. Like, uh, the 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 graphics work they have available for that show now is insane. I know it's unbelievable because you know Saturday Night Live used to be so low fi. Yeah, <laughs> now 
like I've been watching it's... the old episodes and I'm like the I'm in the like 94 season but shortly before that there's like Toonses where you know it's a puppet cat in a car that's like against a a, a rear projection screen yeah and now they like just... fully CGI like Mario worlds it's crazy it's it's interesting how they've um evolved where now because I mean now you have to have that stuff on you know YouTube and things where people can download it and see to get people to watch it when it airs so you have to have those fancy you know shorts or whatever you want to call them so yeah so that was fun anyway uh this week last week we saw infinity pool brad do you recommend infinity pool uh i don't know it's definitely you know i i wouldn't say i didn't enjoy watching it it's it was interesting i just on a like weirdness level, I don't think I could recommend it to anyone. Um, but as someone like I watched the Possessor, like uncut director's cut or whatever, mm-hmm. um, I just, I didn't think Infinity Pool was that interesting. Like it's weird, but like conceptually, I I wasn't like sucked into it. Um, you know, it has a couple moments of. I don't know, creative stuff, but overall it's like by the end, I, I didn't care what was going on. So, yeah. What'd you think? Uh, yeah, I think I'm in the same boat as you. I like, it's well-made, uh, but as I'm watching it, it just kept reminding me of, I know what you did last summer mixed with a clockwork <laughs> orange. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I, I don't know if I needed to see like jizz like hit sand. I, I don't know. <laughs> um, but yeah. Anyways, uh, here's I yeah I can't record. I I would never say you know because James James's mom Carol she always says hey have you seen this movie or have you seen anything good? I would never say you know what Carol you should go see Infinity Pool. I would never do that. Um, so Carol, if you're listening to this episode, do not see Infinity Pool. Um, so yeah, I would, I wouldn't recommend it to anybody, but I guess if you want to stream it because you have absolutely nothing else to watch, I mean, there's worse things. Here's the trailer for infinity pool. I don't understand why we're doing this. We barely know these people. It's one day. Let's mix things up a bit. You're just happy you found your fan club. I've been waiting six years for your second book. Is it coming out soon? I'm working on it. What do you do for money then? He married Rich. (laughs) I actually came here looking for inspiration. Mr. James Foster, you'll have to come with us. Here, the punishment for any crime committed is death. What? What did you say? But for a significant sum, we'll build a double to send in for your execution. Think of it as a gift. 
It's like a new skin working into place. Speed to complete your transformation. This is just a little game. But I can take some blood. Yeah! Show me how strong you are. It's really disgusting. You could just sit there. You know, James, do you worry they got the wrong man? Yeah, Infinity Pool. Uh, this couple is on vacation at some resort town that is also bordered by uh, a horrible country, but uh, the resort people are fine because they're fenced off. Um, and Alexander Skarsgård is a writer who's only written one book and his wife is extremely wealthy. Uh, one day he meets Mia Goth's character, Bay. What's her name again? Something B. Um, so yeah, you check while I keep explaining. (laughs) Yeah. This is yeah. Spoilers weeks ago. Yeah. So she, uh, Gabby talks about how much she. What is it? Gabby. Gabby. G A B I. Sure. Yeah, I mean, I, I could be. I, I I saw it two weeks ago. <laughs> yeah, James Foster and, uh, is Scarzer's character, and then the Bowers are the uh, couple that she's part of. Yeah. So um, she says she's a fan, and they go out. Uh, to out of the compound, which you're not supposed to do, and they have a picnic by the beach, and um, Alexander Skarsgård's peeing, and then Mia Goth comes up behind him and jerks him off, and that was the said semen that hit the the sand, and out on their way home or back to the resort, they hit some farmer and kill him, and instead of reporting to authorities, they just go back. To the resort, thinking nothing's happened. The next morning, the police show up, take them in. Where, while they're in custody, they're told about this process where they basically create a double of you, and you pay a lot of money, and that person is executed for retribution for you killing someone else. Um, so he does it, and then you find out that Mia Goth's character and her husband do this all the time for fun. So they kill people and then they pay a lot of money to have their duplicates killed in their place. And it's just, um, basically it's telling, it's it's like a class warfare kind of thing where these wealthy people can get away with whatever they want because they have money to pay to get out of it and take advantage of a poor country and it slowly devolves into um, moral ambiguity, ambiguity, and um, yeah, <laughs> that's basically the plot of Infinity Pool. Um, I don't know, like I, I when I was watching it, like 
I don't know, Brad. Like, I never thought it was a bad movie, but I never was really sold on it. Um, yeah, I just kept like wondering like where it was going. Um, yeah, and I don't think it really goes anywhere other than to transform this writer who, you know, has no interesting experiences in life to really write from. Um, you know, because he kind of just lives off his wife's uh, wealth. Yeah. And, aspires to be a writer but does just has nothing within himself worth writing about yet um and so he gets seduced by all the crazy things that this group of people that the bowers are involved with um and i don't know i don't know why um he's so interesting to them to bother putting him through all this um yeah I think it's yeah. I don't know why they they sought him out because it's never really explained. Um, maybe because they knew they could exploit him. I don't know. Yeah, because like he's was obviously naive, and I guess that's like a, a, a of interest to them. Like, hey, let's corrupt this naive person. Um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I just don't know what I'm supposed to get out of that. Art. Yeah, and you know, uh, Mia Goth is always great in movies uh this one she towards the end she comes a little more unhinged mm -hmm. and um you know the end they tell him he needs to kill his like animalistic doppelganger which he does and then she takes blood and rubs it on her boobs and makes him suck her boobs mm -hmm. I, I don't know <laughs> i don't know what's I don't know what the whole point of it is. I don't understand what it is. Uh, maybe you can help me. I don't know. No, if it had a deeper meaning, it went over my head. Um, like I said, do you think that's our problem? Like we just don't understand like movies that are that <laughs> like that. I don't know. Art house movies where, you know, the meaning is based on the whims of whoever made it. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> um, it just happens. Um, you know, I, I was, like I said, I saw Possessor, and I thought a lot of that movie was pretty shocking. So going into this, I expected more creative, shocking stuff. And I, mm -hmm. you know, it seemed pretty tame, really. Um, yeah, some besides, stuff. Like, like, the the orgy scenes and stuff. <laughs> but I just kept reminding myself of, like, the Babylon ending with, like, all the ink and, and stuff. So it's yeah. like that, both like, tons of nudity. So yeah. it's, it's like, I kind of saw this a couple months ago. All right. Um, I know we've been we've seen a lot of orgies on screen lately. Have we? Yeah. Well, I mean, like, two. Babylon. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Yeah. That's that seems like more <laughs> than normal, a lot, right? It's just they're really close together. <laughs> That's about it. Yeah, but when's the last time there's actually an orgy on scene? I mean, on screen, uh, freaking eyes wide shut. That I remember. I don't know. I guess I don't seek out those kind of movies. I don't know. And uh, Enter the Void. I guess that's for me. Hmm. Um, you know they're they're not usually narratively interesting. They're just more like sensory, yeah, like visually. And I think that's what, think that's what uh, Brandon Cronenberg was trying to do is by them taking drugs and then just fucking because it was you know two scenes where it's just colors and sound and nudity and mixed in with violence that wasn't that shocking, you know. Um, yeah. so I, 
I mean, really, the only violence that was really over the top is when he was beating that his own face in at the end. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the the rest of the time, it's I I I don't know. I, I just watched. I'm like, okay. I I mean, it looks nice. Um, I was never bored, but I don't recommend it. I just could never. I could never fully get into the movie. Um. Like a conventional moviegoer, I would not recommend too. But even an art house moviegoer, I, you know, I, I can't recommend it because I just don't know what I'm supposed to get out of it. I know it was than... a bummer because when when I saw the trailer, I was hoping it was going to be some sort of like home invasion kind of slasher movie, mm-hmm. which it kind of is, but not really. I don't know. Yeah, I mean that happens, but it's not the. It's not what the plot hinges on, I guess. No, and I also thought like there'd be more to all the people that had, you know, the the marks on their face for the festival that they were seeing. Mm-hmm. Um, but it really never amounted to anything. Yeah, I also thought they were going to dive into the like the moral implications of, hey, um, we have this procedure that duplicates you, and then you can watch yourself die, and then apparently, like they're so nonchalant about it. Um, you know, it's, yeah. it's kind of like multiplicity. Are they copying on making copies on copies, or um, or is know, one Steve? I don't know. <laughs> or like, what else could you do with this procedure? Like, how how perverse and twisted can you really make it? And it, they really don't do that. They just you know do some bad things, copy them to get out of it, and then do it again. But it never really really escalates. So. Yeah, and then at the the end, you know, he stays back instead of going home to see his wife. And like, if that was my husband, I would never take him back. You know oh yeah, I mean? what the fuck? You just I mean, run around I, killing people and shit. Yeah. Uh, thankfully, she took off really early on. She didn't stick around for a lot of his antics after those first one or two times. So, yeah. um, yeah, all he could do was like sit on that beach in the rain. And again, too, like, it's interesting they didn't explore if, like, really, if, if, if he's a copy or the original. Um, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. So I don't know either. They kind of just left it up in the air. I don't know what I was trying to do. So. Nope. So, yep. It's a, it's a movie I've seen and I probably will never see again. Because, you know, like, I want to revisit Babylon because I thought Babylon was kind of a sensory overload, too. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. And, and the steelbook for Babylon looks really cool. <laughs> and, uh, I know. I didn't love the movie, but I, I did like steelbooks with, like, good art. So, yeah, maybe just uh, if they can do a cut of the movie on the steelbook, this like the movie without the the ending <laughs> that'd be great <laughs> or i guess i'll just stop it before it gets to the recycled cinema footage <laughs> yeah that was stupid as fuck just watch what's a manny or whatever staring at the screen and his face lighting up and just cut to black that's, that's yeah. it and it right there cool so uh Instead of news and what we've been watching, Brad, I kind of teased it at the beginning. Um, James Gunn and Peter Safran. What's that? Yeah, Peter Safran are the head of DC, 
in DC uh, about uh, six, seven days ago, maybe six days ago, unveiled their uh, chapter one, which they're calling Gods and Monsters. And it's movies that are going to go into production and TV shows that are going to run through 2027. So this is four years worth of films and um, movies. So I thought it'd be fun to kind of go through each one. And um, I pulled up uh, basically uh, a little synopsis of each one that they teased. I mean, obviously there's going to be more to it. If, uh, if that's okay with you. Uh, I mean, could I say I don't want to do it and would it matter? No, not at all. Yeah. So I thought, okay, continue. Cool. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> so the first movie that's going to be under this banner is Superman legacy, which opens July 11th, 2025. And Saffron is saying that this is the start of the DCU. Um, but it will not be an origin story of Superman. They um, they also revealed that James Gunn is writing the project, which I think he kind of teased for a little bit. He he posted pictures of All-Star Superman, which, by the way, I think is a great Superman story. And I'm not even a big Superman fan. Did you ever read that one? I did. But for uh, like that's an end of Superman story. So it's interesting to see how he's going to turn that into a early Superman story. Yeah, I'm not sure. Cause he also said that he's going to do a young Superman where that story is Superman reflecting on his life. So, um, cause he's dying in the, um, in the story. Yeah, exactly. But I, I, but I mean, I guess towards the end, he obviously he doesn't die and he, it kind of, he kind of goes back and, sees how Clark Kent sees how he got there. Um, so, I mean, it's a great story. So hopefully we'll, um, if they're, they they just use it for inspiration, I'm down. Um, so they're also doing the authority, which is something that was launched by Jim Lee and it's Wildstorm characters. Um, but they're created by Warren Ellis and Brian Hitch. So kind of, I guess Wildstorm uh, came out of Image, but when Jim Lee went to DC because he owns that stuff, it comes with him? I don't know. Um, but it, they kind of sound like the Suicide Squad. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I don't know. Do you know anything about the Authority? I don't know. I think it's the first time I heard of him. Uh, the way James Gunn describes it is there are people that are very questionable, like the authority, who basically believe they can fix the world in an easy manner, and they take things into their own hands. And Saffron said, they're kind of like Jack Nicholson and a few good men, that they know they know that you want them on the wall, or at least they believe that. It's being written now, but he didn't say by who. Uh, next up is The Brave and the Bold, which is going to be the DCU's version of Batman, which they also announced that the Batman part two is coming out in 2025 in October, but that's going to fall under their banner of Elseworlds. And so is uh, the Joker sequel. So uh, the brave and the bold will introduce the bat family. And the first version is going to be Robin is Damian Wayne. Um, 
which Batman had with Talia al Ghul. Um, so yeah, it's written by Grant Morrison. Um, I, I know after they announced that all my Batman comics went up in value, so that's cool. <laughs> I was going to ask you, I, like I saw this Detective Comics, I don't remember the number, but it's got, uh, I think it's a jock cover with the, the Joker's face and it's made out of like bats. Oh yeah, that's worth tons of money. Yeah, why? Like, uh, just because it's a cool cover. Really, that's it? Because I have that one. It's like worth like 500 bucks, so. Yeah. No, everybody wants it for the cover. Cool. Yeah. I have I have a modern one that's worth something. Yeah. Yeah, they ever they always come through. Uh you know, I have the first appearance of Miles Morales and uh Spider Gwen and those ones are, are both over. I think Miles is now a thousand and Spider Gwen is like selling at 700, so you know, whatever. <laughs> I I did trade I had two uh first appearances of Miles and I did trade one in, and I got a couple old Spider-Mans for it, so I thought it was well worth it. And I, I'm paying attention to the value, like I'm ever going to sell it. <laughs> yeah. Well, if you had two of them, you know, you could, you know, do trade one of them in and get, like, a really old Batman. That's what I do with, if I have a comic that I have duplicates of and it goes up in tons of value, I just go and fill in my amazing Spider-Man holes. Yeah, well, that's the trick, is, like, you have to see the future when you buy it to be, like... Obviously, number one is like, I should probably get two of a number one, but the later one, yeah. it's hard to be like, I guess I'll buy two of all these and hopefully one of them will hit and then I'll be set for life. Yeah. Well, one of the things that I do is if it's a big Spider-Man story, um, I usually get two copies of it and it makes it easier now because they have so many variant covers. Um but for that one, Miles' first appearance was in The Death of Spider-Man in the Ultimate Universe. So, of course, I got two issues of each one. So, got lucky on that. Mm-hmm. Um, they're also going to do a Supergirl, Woman of Tomorrow. Um, which they're basing that on another uh, comic. Uh, the I think it's uh, Tom King. Yeah, Um that's really recent from 2021 and 2022. Um, so yeah, it'll be interesting. I don't know what they're going to do. Um, and the last movie that they announced was Swamp Thing, which they've tried a couple times. <laughs> and yeah, they just uh, had West, a TV show a couple of years ago. Yep. And Wes Craven, of course, made the first one. Um, and it, what was interesting was when James Gunn was talking, as he said, he wanted, to do with Swamp Thing, what he did with Rocket, um, you know, was kind of bring him in the forefront, these kind of uh, unusual characters. Where Swamp Thing is well-known in the comic world, but I think overall he's not as well-known. Um, so I think that's fun, and it's going to be a horror film, and um, it should be fun. Uh, interestingly, in television... Uh, Creature Commandos is an animated series for HBO Max that uh, has already been in production for a little bit. Um, so, I mean, it sounds cool to me. Um, it's Frankenstein's monster teaming up with a werewolf, a vampire, a gorgon to fight Nazis in World War II. So, I'm down. <laughs> sounds a little League of Extraordinary Gentlemen-y, but yeah. But yeah, but the, but they're 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 gonna. It's a cartoon, so hopefully it'll be super violent. Um, 
Another cool TV show is Waller is coming out, uh, where they're going to focus on uh, Viola Davis's character from, I guess she's the only one who's going to continue through all of this. Um, the only bummer is, is because James Gunn is focusing on Superman, um, Peacekeeper season two is on hold. Oh, so, yeah. Because they're going to, so the people that are made Peacekeeper are going to focus on Waller. So that's a bummer. Um, they're also doing Lanterns, which is going to focus on the Lantern Corps. Um, Hal Jordan and John Stewart. And they're going to go across the universe looking at mist, uh, solving mysteries. Um, the, another TV show they're going to do is called Paradise Lost, which is going to be set on the island of Themyscira before Wonder Woman. So that'll be kind of cool. Um, it's, uh, they said it's, there's a comic series that, uh, Phil Jimenez and George Perez did that followed a civil war on Themyscira. Um, so I don't know if that's what they're going to base it on or not. Um, we'll see. And the last TV project they are going to do is Booster Gold, which, um, I don't know very much about him. I do know that he shows up in Superman Doomsday. <laughs> uh, and he's also um, in, man, I don't know if you've read Batman, but he's able to like send Batman to an alternate timeline in one of the arcs from a couple years ago where his parents aren't dead and Batman becomes an asshole. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I think I read like Booster Gold is a guy from the future who basically uses his powers to go back and like make himself not an asshole. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's a pretty cool slate. Uh, hopefully it'll all work out. I mean, um, I think everybody's better off when uh cool comic book movies come out personally. Yeah. But it's also, you know, so early in, in the development mm -hmm. that I, I, you know, I, I can't be attached to anything cause they could all fall apart at any minute. So, you know, I forgot yeah, about. I, think, um, I don't know if they will because, um, you know, Marvel they want to be like Marvel, and I mean, Marvel shuffles the release dates around, but usually when they announce movies, they don't go out by the wayside. Um, yeah, but Disney does that with like Star Wars and Marvel slates, where they'll be like, "Yeah, hey, we got this Rogue Squadron series," and then it just disappears, and then um, maybe it comes back, like you hear about it, and then it just disappears again. So. Also, yeah. whatever happened to, uh, I thought, um, oh my God, what's his name? Uh, Super 8. J.J. Abrams? J.J. Abrams. I thought he was in charge of DC until, uh, um, James Gunn got the job. Like, uh, no, well, I mean, the real guy in charge of it was Walter Hamida. And, mm -hmm. but I thought they put, like JJ Abrams on to develop stuff like the black Superman movie. And then um, yeah, some other projects. Are, oh yeah. I think those are still in development, but it's going to be under DC else worlds. So huh. they have, they're like DCU where they're all going to be kind of connected. And then the else worlds are the other stuff. And they haven't even said if Aquaman or flash is, part of the dcu yet 
because I, I've heard from multiple pe- uh reading multiple interviews with people and James Gunn that um The Flash is a really good movie. So <laughs> um yeah, it must be really good if they're gonna stay attached to Ezra Miller. Uh, yeah, that's what I mean. Like, I think they purposely kept pushing it back to hope that he would settle down, and he has. I mean, we haven't heard from him in a long time. So, but yeah, <laughs> so it'll be fun. And then you know, we'll see about Aquaman. That's only ten months away, <laughs> and that's what's happening in the world of DC. So, uh, yeah, this is the stuff we've been watching. Uh, yeah, um, I watched, um, Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Yeah, I saw that. It didn't seem like you were that impressed with it. I did fall asleep towards the third, fourth of it. So, Um, Brad, you fall asleep a lot in movie theaters. Is that, like, a common place for you and it's easy for you to fall asleep in? It can be. Uh, in this particular case, I was uh, in the very front row. <laughs> um, so hmm. I think my spine was just a, like a good place, you know, angled to where. <laughs> yeah, like I, I, I probably just got off of doing Instacart all day and I ate a whole pizza and I was at a probably really comfortable position in my seat. And yeah, it just there wasn't a lot of interesting stuff going on. So I, th- I think it's fell into that eye rolling like I'm awake but not thing and then sure woke up and it was done. Really funny thing though is uh you know it was like in theater eight so there's like three or four rows right? Yeah. And um I'd been kinda eyeballing it all day being like, you know, maybe I'll go to this, maybe I won't. And then finally before I you know, the first two rows were open the whole time and then I finally decided to buy the ticket and then some one person Pick the middle, uh, I think, front row seat or second row seat. Yeah, it's the front row seat. Yeah. It's like, oh, great. Now I got to sit on the very far left or right. And so I show up and um, I look and there's no one in that seat, but there is another person closer to where I picked. Hmm. Um, I'm like, what the hell's going on here? Like, I got like two people in this row now. And so I go, I sit in my seat and then that guy like stands up, throws his menu on the ground like he's pissed off (laughs) and goes (laughs) all the way to the other end, like the complete opposite seat. And I was like, ah, that's me. (laughs) (laughs) When people show up uh, and pick a seat near me in a, in a totally open row. And then, uh, you know, he got served and the server's like, you're actually supposed to be in the middle seat. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I was like, why was he even like between me and the middle seat to begin with? He's just, he, yeah. Yeah. I don't know what he was doing, but, uh, yeah. So, Hey, yeah. Killer cons from outer space. I, yeah. It's like the, uh, clowns and animatronics are cool, but it's just some teenagers wandering around some sets like inside this, tent that you know doesn't match the like the inside doesn't match the outside you know yeah Um, no i i I own it (laughs) yeah and they they uh the clowns zap people and i forgot candy baby yeah it turns them into cotton candy and then um i 
like I said, I don't know really how they got defeated or whatever. But um, well, if you want anytime you want, Brad, I have the Arrow video special edition of it. <laughs> I'll, I'll revisit it so I could figure out what I missed. Yeah, <laughs> the making of it's really cool. The Kyoto Brothers um, special effects are really cool in it. Yeah, they made the uh, live action Ninja Turtles TV show stuff. Yeah. So I've always been a fan of their work. Um, like, yeah, it's uh, effects wise, it's pretty cool, but I didn't really care about the main characters. And yeah, it's uh, just a really, it's like a silly movie. It, it's just really silly. And it's uh, one of those films that is really popular because it is so goofy. Um, definitely a B movie all the way through. Yeah, I was hoping there was like some grander plan to turn everyone to cotton candy, but there's not. <laughs> no, there's not. Yeah. So yeah, that's what I watched. What did you watch? Um, you know, I really want to touch on this uh episode of The Last of Us because um well one, the TV show is great. Um the first episode follows the games opening pretty closely. It does give a little more backstory to Joel and his daughter, which helps elevate uh, the emotion you feel when his, uh, it's whatever, the game's 10 years old when his daughter dies. And Oh, I never played it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then the second episode is pretty similar to the game, too. Um, The only difference is, is when Tess dies, it plays out a little differently. Um, the third episode, however, is a huge departure where in the game, you're going to meet this guy named Frank who has a car or a car battery you're trying to get. And when you, in the game, when you enter his home, there is a person that has hung themselves in the living room. And when you, search the home you pick up the suicide note and it implies that uh frank and uh this corpse that is hanging in the living room were um together and it's you know you never and that's it it's just you just know that um I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I got him mixed up. So Bill is the guy who is alive in the game. And Frank is the guy who is hanging in the living room. And it's implied that um, they are together and um, Bill did something to Frank to cause him to commit suicide because he is so miserable. And it, it's just implied in the game. You know, you don't. Uh, you you don't see any of their relationship or anything like that. Um, in the third episode of the TV show called A Long, Long Time, Nick Offerman plays Bill and uh, Murray Bartlett plays Frank. And the episode is almost an hour and a half long. Um, the first 20 minutes is Joel and Ellie again. But I was really shocked when over an hour of the episode um, was focused. First, it focuses on Bill and uh, how he is. Uh, what do they call the uh, preppers or the guys who have the bunkers and stuff? Right. Yeah. Doomsday preppers. Yeah. There we go. And so he's doing that while 
everybody else is freaking out because of the infected. And um, so he has his run of his town and, um, you know, he's still making <laughs> like uh, he has pig and rabbit and he's living a good life by himself. Well, one day um, Frank falls into one of his traps and instead of killing him, he invites him into his house to eat and take a shower because he has hot water. And what happens through this really sweet, like story, um, you find out that they both play piano and like Linda Ron Ronstadt and they develop this relationship, this loving relationship. And it's just how the relationship grows throughout um, this horrible pandemic and, basically the end of the world and it deviates from the game where uh, Frank doesn't hang himself. There is, uh, I don't want to spoil it because it's so good, but there's, there's more at play and it's so beautifully done and it's such a romantic episode. And it, it's really interesting when something that is, I mean, it's a horror show but to have such a romantic episode and played so well by the actors. And I mean, it, it changed how the game was for the better. And it was just really cool to see. And it was so good. And it was shocking, you know, because you're not expecting that at all for that to happen. Um, because I've played, I've beaten the game probably five or six times. So I know every beat of the game. Um, and so for to have that was really, really, I think special. And it's one of the best hour of TVs I've seen in a long time. Yeah. I heard it was like Black Mirror's San Junipero episode. There was what? I heard it was like Black Mirror's San Junipero episode. I don't know what that is. Oh, um, it, it's kind of like what you described. (laughs) Okay. Like, yeah, it's a horror show, but there's like this, this relationship that grows, and you, you kind of just see it, uh, un- um, like evolve over time. So, oh yeah, no, yeah, it's so ex- yeah, so it's exactly like that. Then, um, but if you haven't watched it, you should one, you should watch the other two episodes as well because they're both really great. And but the third episode is fantastic. And the only bummer is it's getting review bombed on IMDb and Rotten Tomatoes. Um. Because uh, there's gay love in it, Brad. <laughs> so, Ew. Be, yeah, be prepared. Can you believe that's an actual thing? <laughs> I mean, I so believe pathetic. it. We've been dealing with it for like I know, a decade now. Like, I was hoping so much that because of what the show was and how wonderful it is shot and acted, the music is so good, everything about it, cinematography is great. I was hoping that people would, you know, get past it, but obviously no one ever will. Um, Remember like in the seventies and there were like shows that had like a gay character on it and people were like, huh, funny, cool. All right, moving on. Yeah. And somehow we've just like done this disgusting backslide. Um, I know it's, it's okay. Like, I, I don't understand why people are so grossed out by people who love each other. You know what I mean? Like, I I don't know. It's 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 sad. It's a sad state of 
and I'm not going to get like weird about it, but it's just, it's just kind of disappointing that that's what happens now. Yeah. And instead of just seeing two actors that are, you know, at the top of the game, it, it was so good. Uh, Laura, she will sit and just stick around on Instagram while I watch stuff like that. Cause she doesn't care, but that episode was so good. She watched it. She fiend in. <laughs> she did. So, um, and you know, just the part where Nick Offerman has strawberries is giddy. Uh, I'm just, everybody should see it. It's, it's freaking wonderful. Um, so yeah, I, I so, that's what I watched this week. I still understand the impulse of like, you know, it's so easy to be, huh? I don't like this. Well, I'll just press this button and pick something else <laughs> and move on with my day. I know exactly. You don't have to like, where these people are like, it. Oh, they're forcing it down my throat. Like, really? Really? Yeah. Like exactly. someone's that, holding you against your you will that. and making you watch the thing you selected. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. It's funny you bring that up because now, I mean, you can watch it on regular HBO. I think it's on at a time. But I'm guessing most people that have HBO now have HBO Max. So you literally select if you want to watch it or not. And it's You, you select it even if it's on regular cable TV. Like You're right. <laughs> press up and or down. You can go such a, immediately can, to something else. It's such a contained episode that you don't have to watch it to watch the rest of the the series you really don't um but shame on you if you don't because it's freaking wonderful and it's like i said it's one of the best tv episodes i've seen in a really really long time so definitely check it out cool uh next week we are seeing knock at the cabin cool all right yeah <laughs> so until next week i'll see you at the movies Bye. Well, a real nerd knows you shot a real nerd can follow the plot and a real nerd look at all the guts lights camera action Thanks for listening to Real Nerds Podcast a Nebulous Visions production stream or download episodes read articles at realnerdspodcast.com stream us on Apple or Google Podcasts Stitcher, Spotify, or iHeartRadio. Follow us on Facebook, Real Nerds Podcast. Twitter and Instagram, at Real Nerds. Watch us on YouTube, Real Nerds Podcast. Email us at realnerds at gmail.com. Call us at 720-6NERDS5. Thank you to Sparks Mandrill, Mike at Plan 9 Studios, and Bologna for all of our groovy theme songs. And that's how you fucking do it. <laughs>